This episode is brought to you by Dragon Shield. Thank you so much, Dragon Shield, for supporting the show. Make sure to check out our affiliate link below to purchase Dragon Shield products. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. I'm Tyler. And this week, we're going to be talking all about the monocolor decks in CEDH, and we're going to try to figure out which one is the best. One color decks. One color decks, yes. Not no color decks. Not no color decks. Correct. Not, not two not, color decks. Not two color three decks. Three is right out. Definitely wrong. Four color decks? Nope. Oh, oh wow. Okay. And not even five. Well, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that's nuts. Right. Let's dig into it okay is there any benefit to playing a one color deck what do you what do you think my favorite benefit is that i think you get to lot, run a lot more utility lands than you could in most non one color decks that's very um, true i think that is a lot of fun it also means that you don't get punished by um you know back to basics and blood moon but those are decreasingly prevalent in, yeah. in my opinion so i think the you know the hurt from those is a lot a lot less than it used to be. honestly my first thought is i get to play blood moon or i get to play back to basics from yeah. red or blue that's like my first <laughs> thought but true. i think the utility lands feeling more comfortable playing things like emergent zone is like really helpful and powerful yeah um, i think that although ecdh doesn't have a ton of utility lands if you're monocolor you definitely get to play a couple i think uh the best monocolor is probably blue I don't know, dude. That's it's hard to start. It's hard to begin everything. It's hard to just with, begin like, with, with what's the blue's best. the best color for sure. But I don't yeah. think we'd have to go color by color because there are some mono com color commanders that aren't blue that are way more powerful than any of the mono blue yeah, ones. I was gonna I say, well, I think the the blue decks are are worse than black and red for sure. Yeah. in mono color, but they have maybe a stronger individual card quality. Maybe yeah, like in a Dranith world, maybe the mono blue deck is better. Okay, well, I guess let's get let's start this over and let's get into this color by color then. Yes, let's do it. All right, so let's start off with white, right? Um, because Wooberg. Heliod's the first one that comes to my mind. Absolutely the first one that comes to my mind, too. An owl. Yeah. An, an, an owl, you said? Ow. Oh, owl. Okay, owl. like, the, like yeah. Commander. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and owl. Like, that deck hurts me. Heliod, so painful. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Heliod and owl are definitely the first ones. Heliod, combing with Walking Ballista, one-card combos with your commanders are great. Heliod can play a lot of mono-white stacks pieces. Unfortunately, my thing with Heliod is always that you kind of... You lose to um, artifact hate and creature activation ability hate, which is like things that Mono White wants to be doing. So your Stony Silences and your Linvalas, those don't really work in your decks, and normally those are powerful cards that White has access to. Yeah, they kind of fight against what you're really trying to do. But you still do have a lot of access to a lot of really good like stacks pieces. You get like Drenith Magistrate and stuff like that too. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, honestly, a lot of the new White creatures, Esper Sentinel, Archivist of Agma, Ranger Captain Vios, uh, Drenith Magistrate, like you said, like those are like now like real pulls to White and. Like, like being in mono white to be able to like easily play those cards yeah the card quality of mono white has gone up it's a gone lot in like the a, last three years yeah for sure i would say for a while white was by far the worst i don't think that's true anymore i think like white and green are probably close and in most cdh situations i prefer white to green i think yeah no i definitely do too i really like the protection that white gives you and you really do get to utilize it in a lot of these mono white decks too silence is better than veil of summer oh hands down hands down which is weird because i would normally in most other formats veil of summer is like way better right it draws a card does everything you want more but silence in the four player it just it's a huge difference yeah but giant growth is better than whatever that fucking spell is that gains you three life that's for sure that's um, true that might be true i'm not, I'm not sure about that neither <laughs> of them really see play um the other mono white decks that are out there that could be i'm just gonna lower you a little bit you okay look, you look small like a hobbit kind of well Keep going. Some of the other mono white decks that are out there are like Oswald, the Fiddlebender. artifact birthing pod. Yeah. That card's good. 
I, it, it's a very interesting deck. You know, I just recently I'm putting together Tim Nijeska, the one that won the most recent Mox, Ooh, and, Mox Masters. Mox Masters. Or yes. It didn't win, but it did win, actually. It did win. It did win. Yeah, it did win. Yeah. Um, I'm putting that list together, and it is playing the card that you just mentioned, which I already forgot. Oswald Fiddlebender. That's the one. Oswald yeah. Fiddlebender. Plays Bolus to Citadel. I'm excited. I don't know if there's actually any five-drop artifacts, but either way, there's a lot of artifacts what do in you, that deck. What do you get into Bolus to Citadel, then? I, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know if there's an artifact. I think you get um, the Cloudstone Curio. You sacrifice a two-man artifact into Cloudstone Curio or something like that. Oh, so you're going for that line Yeah, there's a couple other things. Yes. Yeah, okay, like, that's pretty interesting. As a commander itself, it uh, it is pretty powerful. Like you can certainly go find the specific stacks piece that you need, but there's also a lot of lines you can use to keep untapping Oswald and just keep going up your chain too. To be honest, I'm not familiar with those lines. Can, yeah, you can't win off an activation. How can you win off? I of... don't know if you can win off of a singular activation. Like a lot of times, you're trying to go up your chain, so like your only five mana one is like Norn's Annex because there's really no good mm. five mana ones. Okay, uh, but then you're really trying to get like a God Pharaoh statue in play, which can just shut down like all of the interaction and just start a, a clock on your opponents it's okay. the worst clock but yeah. it's a clock. <laughs> terrible yeah outside of that are there really any mono white decks teshar teshar is oh, the yeah. other one it's not on the database anymore but teshar is one that you know still has potential to be completely busted and if you don't have an answer for teshar or the graveyard it can completely take over the game yeah, I know from what I've heard, there was a little while where Teshar was apparently doing like really well in some early CDH tournaments. This is something that we'll find with all of the monocolor decks <laughs> yeah. is that a lot of people don't know them very well. Right. So you can surprise people, especially in a tournament setting where they're so trained and tuned to play against 15 Winota, Winota decks and 15 Tivit decks and 15 Thrasios Bruise decks. And they're not considering these monocolor decks that we're going to talk about that are just going to completely steal tournaments from under everyone's feet. That's another benefit to playing monocolor decks is more often than not they are like a combo piece or some type of like value engine that your opponents may not fully understand and kind of like what you just said like ha having information that your opponents don't is like a great way to win games of magic if they don't know how you win you have a uh, i think a much better chance of winning the game yeah. <laughs> it's a lot harder to stop you from winning if they don't know what is the tipping point exactly yeah and the metagame is so like solidified in cdh people i think focus on that really hard and yeah commander is just it's fucking enormous like there's so many things you can do well i also think people will undervalue your deck because Definitely. it's got one color yeah. especially like in mono white people are gonna go oh there's no counter spells I've, i'm just gonna not worry about what you're doing and if you're not on the board you're not doing anything right and then you completely get them with like a revel in silence or sure not that one because that's a boros <laughs> card but like something. Uh, some powerful something. white card name a powerful white card go uh, uh, soul practition <laughs> fuck it's not good enough there are there are there are some options mono white's good yeah i don't know if I'd be comfortable enough in taking Mono White to a tournament any day soon, but that's that's not the type of player I am. I think you could certainly take down some tournaments, though. I think so too. In the hands of the right player. Do we have? So no, what are you gonna say? <laughs> Sorry, I, I want to know what you were gonna say. I was just gonna say, do you, do you have a favorite? Do you have a top Mono White deck that you think is the best of these? I think Heliod is definitely the best of them. Yeah, I would probably say Heliod, Heliod Ballista, right? Not the Heliod other Heliod. Ballista. No, not the other Heliod. I don't think anyone besides Charles the Monowat guy yeah. is going to be able to make that one work. Yeah, I would also say Heliod, although it has some anti-synergies. We've talked about this word before. There's another word yeah. for it that's something else. No, that's the, literally the word. Anti-synergies. Like nonbos? nonbos is normally the word that we go with. Yeah, there are some nonbos, but nonetheless. They're, the, they're synonymous. If you either... <laughs> 
I don't. I mean, they are, but Nambo is the word that people use. Okay. Either way, if you've seen uh, this time for real, our most recent gameplay video on one color decks, you'll see how powerful Heliod can be. Yes, definitely. And situations that come up all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, mono blue is the next mono color. Okay. This one I think is the most deep in terms of commanders available. Not if you look at the database, but there's just still a lot of options that people have out there that you'll still see and you'll run into that some of them, you know, might be considered outdated by some people, but there's still powerful things that you can do. Man, I, you're saying it's so deep. I'm like, I can only think of three that I like actually see. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, maybe some of them are not like the most super recent that are still winning tournaments or anything like that. But there is a tournament winner that's the OG Teferi Commander. Yep, yeah, I saw that well, last year. Yeah, right. Um, it played. I played that took like nine games. I went zero and nine with it. <laughs> I'm like, I can't figure out how to piece together wins. I'm getting these hands that have like five mana artifacts that I can't <laughs> cast because I'm on a mold of six and like I have a lot of other awkward pieces. Like it's it I, I don't understand it. Normally when you think mono blue and CDH, I feel like you're probably thinking Urza though. Oh, yeah. I think that's your go-to thought is yeah. Urza is the top one. Urza helps you out on mana, turns all your rocks into blue, it turns it helps helps you kind of on card advantage, not the best card advantage, but it's an outlet for infinite mana, which is also super important. It's the, it's the things I love about Kinnon on a mono blue commander. It yeah. makes it makes more mana and then it gives you something to do with that mana. Yeah, very similar to Kinnon, honestly. Yeah. In some ways, yeah. I, I think it fixes a lot of mono blue's problems too, in a way that none of the other mono blue commanders do which mana is definitely one of those things having an outlet for infinite mana as well and caring about artifacts specifically is something that a lot of these blue decks are able to do because of their tutor suite being so heavy on artifact based synergies yeah so urza being able to capitalize off of everything that mono blue really wants to do and what it's lacking is super helpful yeah well, having the things that you want to get being things that your color can tutor for is super important like we didn't really talk about that too much in white because white really doesn't have a lot of tutors besides enlightened tutor so it can find artifacts enchantments but outside of that it finds everything kind of poorly some artifacts but blue has like a decent swath of artifact tutors so urza being an artifact deck is super helpful also something that urza offers that i think is forgotten a lot of the time is like a blocker like a big beater that can block a timna or a winota or a najila like that's like pretty relevant that shuts it down really a lot is. of decks and the mono blue deck can oftentimes be a punching bag because they're not playing a lot of creatures so they're not going to have blockers so the timnas and all those things that i just mentioned get the extra value but having your construct be able to block that stuff is like a real selling point. Oh, yeah. What other mono blue decks do you think of? Um, I still think of Warvar, even though I've seen it very little in, in the last, I want to yeah. say, six months. Dude, I've seen that deck a, a ton, I think, at a certain point, but I don't know if I've ever lost to it. I, I just I think I maybe lost like, to it once. Yeah, I think maybe once too. Like it's a very intricate deck that has a lot of very specific lines and can get you a lot of value too. But uh, like a lot of these mono commanders, we're just gonna say, well, if you just snipe off the commander, they can't really do shit. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest issue with all the one color ones. It's, it's hard to be good enough just on a grind level. Yeah. These commanders, most of them are like combo outlets. So if you can stop the commander, you stop like most of the deck. But Orvar doesn't grind the way that a lot of the other mono color commanders do because a lot of the other mono color blue commanders specifically draw cards in some sort of a way in the command zone and Ovar doesn't you have to have other pieces two other pieces to be able to do that like a a target spell and a ristic study is nutty but i have to have ristic study in yeah. play and you have to have a specific two card yeah, combo like fish is much worse when you have two fishes like right. you, you you can't well, keep it around as long yeah but you still get two fish great for a turn cycle. cycle that's oh, so yeah. good it's great for a turn cycle but i think more people are going to be less inclined to feed you off two fishes than one that's Especially true. if there's no other fishes in play. At a certain point, the greed would stop, I would say. Yeah. If you have three fishes, then that's a completely different thing. And, and we're back on. Fuck exactly. it. There's too many cards no. anyway. Jeez, <laughs> I think this is like a story in the Bible all of a sudden. 
Getic is the fish and the multiplying oh, of the fish. Okay. We, gotcha. Yeah, we know the Bible super well. Yeah. Here on Play to Win. We're. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything you know about Plato One, is that we're incredibly if I remember correctly, focused. two things about that story. One, it was dividing fish, and then and then somehow it also multiplies because Jesus was bad at math. Two, it's bullshit. <laughs> well, that's that's also just true. fundamentally also. That's also true. <laughs> Two, no, it's just, just fundamentally false. Stop asking questions and take it at face value. <laughs> So other mono blue decks that are just mentioned, Jace High Tide. I sure. love this deck. That's a dead deck. That's a dead deck. Sorry, can we say one thing about Orvar before we move on? Absolutely. I thought you wanted to bring up religion again. <laughs> just because we specifically mentioned that blue and might feel like it has the highest card quality, though I think it's it's blue or black. It's close. Yeah. Um, but Orvar is specifically a deck that does not take advantage of that at That's all. True. And That's runs a, good point. a lot yeah. of cards that are not high card quality because they are specific to the Orvar deck. So I think that's really worth noting with or- Orvar because you know if you have a handful of fucking twiddles and whatever other weird buyback spells like you're not doing anything that yeah. game and you're more yeah. getting that hand that's very true yeah urza gets to play cards that are pretty good even without urza you know artifact tutors can still find artifacts that are good and your deck is all besides that it's just counter spells basically it's so. the only jeweled lotus deck that wants to see jeweled lotus in play after your yeah. commanders in play. yeah yeah definitely yeah it's it's very funny it's very funny how that works because it turns a jewel lotus into a mock sapphire you see it taps for blue mana due to the urza Sorry, just what talking. Just talking to my friends. What was that? <laughs> who? Who? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Dude, that'd be such a funny bit. Right? <laughs> we just like turn to the audience and do the. Oh, all right, no, what sorry. the fuck? Yeah. What just? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what other blue commanders are there? Narumeha is the only one that else that comes Narumeha, to mind. Narumeha, I always think of like Azumi. Is that the one that like with the wizards? It's a wizard tap. Yeah, it does yeah. stuff with wizards for sure. Did you know you can gal. tap Azumi the turn that it, she comes into play? I sure did know that. That's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so worth three blue and two colorless yeah. mana. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Narumea can win at instant speed. That's the main reason I bring it up. Not a lot of commanders can do that. Narumea has flash, so her loop can kind of go off at instant speed. That's a good quality. So, right, there's a lot of decks. There's a lot of decks. There's a lot of decks. Some of them are just better than others, but... Talk higher so the microphone can hear you better. Talk lower. <laughs> I, I don't know. Now I'm confused. I think this is... How low can you go for me? It's this low. I guess we can talk pretty low. I have no idea how low my voice goes. But you got to keep the volume with it. You can't lose volume. You got to keep the volume. You're going to lose volume immediately as yeah. soon as you try Yeah, that's it. true. But you got to punch it up. Got to punch up that volume. Got to lower down that tone. What? That tone. What are the good motto black commanders? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, we're moving on from blue to go to black. Do we have other blue commanders we I don't want to talk about? I, I brought up at least all the blue commanders I wanted to talk about. My vote is Urza's the best of those. Urza's definitely oh, the certainly. best of them. Yeah. I think it's by a decent margin. I think At so least in too. my opinion. Although, has Urza won a big tournament? Teferi has. And we all know that's the only thing that matters, so... <laughs> well, Teferi's also going to go on the list of potential best ones because it has won a tournament, Great. so... That's what we have. So far on our list of best commanders that we're going to choose from. Give it to me. Heliod, as in Heliod Ballista, not yep. the OG Heliod. Right. Urza, as in Urza... Uh, the mono blue one. Yeah, Lord High Artificer. Yep. And then Teferi, the, the commander Planeswalker one. Not the five-mana Teferi creature that originally came out. No, nope. no, no. Nope. No, no, no. And then for mono black, mono, mono black decks, Crick is like the best one. And I oh, don't yeah, have many mile. others that I consider. Right. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, Sidisi, mono black Sidisi that exploits and tutors. Mm. For a while, I was playing against a buddy of mine and I shot 1v1 commander when we were trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And he played that and ad nauseum and played basically all zero drops in his deck and ad nauseum through his whole deck and got Aetherflux Reservoir out and won that way. That was really good. I haven't seen anything else like that since, though. It's the original Cody. Yeah. 
You just played Kurik. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think Kurik is is the best mono black deck far and away, and it's not even close. I mean, I I, I love some of the other options as cards. Uh, I guess what Turgrid like Turgrid. Yeah, Turgrid's fun in theory if you can get it going. Yeah. If you can break that parity quickly or something. I think it's a lot better in high power. Yeah, because it is another one of those decks that you do have to play like a lot of just really weird dead cards yeah. if you don't have Turgrid in play and. Um, it's still like a lot of value, but it's not necessarily the kind of value that you're looking for if you're not stealing things. Trying to be interactive is just unfortunately like not the best strategy, I feel like, yeah. in CDH. Like specifically trying to be interactive in that way by forcing your opponents to discard and sacrifice things. If you need to like you you're only being interactive to hold it's like as a tempo reason to like hold off until you can win. More often than not in CDH. It's just too risky and difficult to try to monitor three different people, right? And Turgut and Tiny Bones have the same problem with discard too, which is uh, in part like you're you're being compelled by your commander to like play around trying to get your opponents to discard stuff in a game game style where your opponents want to dump their entire hand turn one. Yes. So like it's, right, yeah. it's just not that helpful. Oftentimes they already have no cards or they're like an underworld breach deck or something and like it's they like, don't great. mind yeah. those cards going to the graveyard. They can use that to their advantage. Or they have like six one card win cons in their deck and all they need is to draw one and then it doesn't matter that you've made them discard their hand. They yeah. still won the game. Yes, yeah, that's also a good point. It's funny you bring up Tiny Bones because you have a casual Tiny Bones deck. I have a casual casual villas deck that is basically a curric deck but for casual i feel like lately i feel like i should just turn into curric and just play cdh <laughs> version like it's basically a similar deck except i don't want to give up the cabal lands the swamp lands and the cdh deck doesn't it's play those. your deck is much slower much right slower. now because you are trying to like cabal lands and you have a big eight mana commander you can't cheat out for right. a four but I feel like I feel like Kirk would give me what I want out of the deck more. Just play CDH, Probably. right? Like yeah, if I'm, play CDH. I'm going for I'm going for Shieldred, Villas, and Kirk at the same time. So Those are I'm, all the cards that you want to play in Kirk anyway. Exactly, right? I'm doing that in Kirk anyway. So yeah. Remember when one of the black commanders we considered for the monocolor deck games was Yagmoth, and we yes. played Yagmoth. Yeah, yeah, Yagmoth's not terrible. I think actually that probably should have gone before Turgut and Tiny Bones on the list of other like viable. Yeah, black maybe it certainly does some things. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it does some interesting things, but you need parts. You need pieces. You need, you need a lot cards. of pieces, and they're bad, right? Yeah. Like they, they, we haven't come back to anything like Undying. Yeah. So it's it's a lot tougher to put these count these plus one plus one counters on these mono black creatures. I feel like the decks that want to do counters with stuff is like Tyam. Yes, I think that's probably true. And Tyam is like a, a deck that's good. Abs and Tyam, that yeah, deck that is actually great. Like that deck can do things with like Wall of Roots, though. But right, like it has access to all these other and colors. And Ranger Captain Vios, white yeah, cards and stuff. Right, yeah, exactly. So Yeah, I would say um, Kirk. And also another thing, like Urza, Kirk gets to play like mainly powerful cards, too. Like its best cards, like the worst things that you have to play are like extra tutors and extra reanimation spells, which are like still good like you know what i mean like even if you're not doing it like your grim tutor or your whatever other shitty bad black tutor that you play because you're playing kirk it's like still a tutor so like at worst you're still gonna find exactly what you need at the moment like that's not a bad thing to have as a bad card i think compared to a two mana tutu with undying right or, or, blood a, four artist. Mana, or a blood artist or, or a four yeah. mana tutu with undying <laughs> yeah which that deck played at the time yeah there's <laughs> hopefully got rid of it by now that card but either I way i hope there's better pieces yeah okay Kirk. so really really that's the only deck i think from mono black that i'm considering putting on our top list to be considered for the best monocolor commanders I it's agree. just crack on there put it's on the list it is on the list yeah so we're gonna move on that means we're moving on to red red 
So red has a bunch. First thing, obviously, Godo is the classic. Godo is an absolute classic. Zero card combo. There's very few of those that exist. The only other one that I know of is like Sisei Gigantha, and that one you have to wait for untapped, like wait a turn, whereas Godo is I win right now. Immediately, once you have all the mana. But I feel like Godo has kind of like, Godo is the same issue with all the other ones, that if you see it coming, you can stop it a mile away, and everyone knows Godo's story. There's other, a specific amount of red commanders that people don't really know how they work, which I'm we're probably going to be talking about today. Yeah, definitely. And Godot costs a lot. Like, yeah, 11 you know, mana. 11 mana to do the thing, but like just having to recast Godot when you're so all in on fast mana to begin with like makes it a, a not very resilient deck. Yeah, your yeah. backup plan sucks. Like Your backup plan is like hope that you have another Dockside on the top or yeah, choose a ogre. Like, cast a second Godot is a terrible plan. It's, it's a terrible plan, yeah. <laughs> which which bears mentioning because Magda, which is like probably the best red CDH deck right now, yeah. is surprisingly resilient for mono red it's, yeah uh, yeah you know a two mana commander can get cast three times in a game pretty easily yeah it's very easy yeah. it wouldn't be that surprising that's to... the one that i was mentioning earlier is i feel like magda is like weirdly like a better mono red deck than goto right now which is a strange i would have never thought that there'd be a mono red deck better than goto had you asked me a year or two ago or something right but, but i've been playing a lot of magda and it is surprising the games that you can win dude it's it's resilient, yeah. You 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 know the deck. Yeah. Give me the rundown. Tell me why Magda's fucking good. So this whole podcast is actually because I put Magda back together, and I wanted an excuse to talk about why I put Magda back together, and that's why we're talking about one color commanders. Um, I love Magda. So give me the three top pros. So the three top pros. One of them is that Magda has got a ton of new toys that actually absolutely change how you play the deck one of them is portal to phyrexia and i think this is really the best new include for magda the ability to completely control creatures on the board all of a sudden and return all of the good ones to your side on your upkeep is nuts and getting this into play at flash speed means that you basically can like immediately get back someone else's dockside extortionist if they've cast that i've had like magda repeatedly destroyed with a Drenith magistrate in play and you can just that's fine. I'll put Magda in my graveyard, and I'm going to get it back with Portal to Phyrexia. Like, yeah. it's it's such a good, resilient piece like that, too. It's not legendary. So there's some decks that are running Sculpting Steel, too, so that if you still can't win the game and you have five other treasures... Pile them on. I would like a second one, please. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, forcing your opponents to sacrifice three creatures, more often than not, that's going to be all their creatures. Like, you can get to five treasures pretty quickly in Magda. It's yeah. The whole goal of the deck is to get to treasures very quickly. If you get that very early on, get rid of the mana dorks get rid of people's early mana like starters it, it sets everyone so far back yeah and it, it's one of these cards that has been added that can help really push it into the late game better because the problem with a lot of the mono red decks is that they're very explosive they can go very fast but if you're interacted with once your whole plan is bummed out and then you have to spend a lot of resources just to get yourself back up to where you were but magda can also get like a bunch of dragons that people forget about all the time i've won games i shouldn't have with utvara hellkite yeah, you just, yep. If people don't have ways to answer creatures, you just completely win that game over time on stacked up boards. Chisgoria is the newest dragon that's been added. It has affinity for artifacts, so already if you have a couple treasures in play, you can cast this thing for free, even if it's in your... Not for free, but for very cheap, even if it's in your hand. And the ability to, with haste, be able to, on attack, get more artifacts from the top of your library you can cast that also have affinity for artifact is just... So 
such an awesome way to continue to grind and deal extra damage to the table. Not only that, if you saw a short that we posted pretty recently about this new CEDH staple, Clown Car, you also get to talk about Clown Car. And I'm so mad that you made me read all that text that just did absolutely nothing. Because all it does is just tap mana. Tap for Magda. Tell tell us your thoughts on Clown Car. You got any ones? Uh, I... I, I I have no new thoughts. I, I, just, <laughs> okay. I have unreasonable disdain for that flavor of card, yeah. but that's because I'm like a stodgy, like, you know, and, and it's only when it's like on a theme that I don't like, because I have to be honest with myself that when they announced the Lord of the Rings set, I should have been like, this also goes against my principles. And instead I was like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, so I just, you know what? I feel like I don't get to have that opinion anymore. As Mark Rosewater said, I think some, like some products just won't be for you. Yeah. And this will be a, a, one of the breadcrumbs that leads to all of the products aren't for me, but we're not even close. We're to not there yet. yet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's totally oh, fine. Well. I will pick and choose from that set. And if that's, that set's going to be good for me. I will take that clown car. Yeah, until then, clown car is like a great include in Magda because it does exactly what Magda wants to do. It is a zero mana vehicle because you don't, who cares about what the X is? It doesn't matter that you're not rolling dice. So you Stop can, making me read the text. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. You should put tape on top of it. <laughs> and and I, honestly, I saw one of our commenters say this. I think it's like actively bad to cast it for anything other than it zero. It is actively bad to cast it for like anything they can, other than they zero. They can mental yeah. misstep it. It's just like there's more things like they can, you just don't want that. You just want it to be able to crew it, which your, your commander can do because it's got two power, zero mana. That's all it does. That's great. You're already playing two CMC vehicles in that deck to tap your dwarves yeah. a, a bunch. And that's all they do, right? And that's they're, all they're that they vehicles, do. basically. Well, smugglers, I guess Smuggler's Copter, Smuggler's Copter actually does something else, but like some of the other ones are just like they're there and they have incidental value that might come up. But this deck also suffers from the thing that we were talking about earlier, where it plays a lot of cards that are nothing without Magda, right? Like it, a lot of one mana dwarves that don't do anything besides they're just like mana dorks with Magda out, right? But. Having a two-color commander, like, you know, you play Kinnon, like, they kill your commander. Okay, I'll cast it for four mana. Two mana commander. What did I say? You said two-color. Mm, and I we meant, were very clear in the beginning that we were it, not no, we talking are not about two-color two commanders. Two commanders. <laughs> you play a two-mana commander in Kinnon, which is also a mana deck like this Magda deck is. There's kind of some, some similarities there. But, like, it's okay if they kill it once. You can normally just cast it again. Eventually, they'll run out of mana. Or run out of removal spells? They definitely will, yeah. And one of my favorite things about Magda, too, is that it can win at instant speed. So you can just have, like, your artifact dwarf and five treasures and say, pass a turn. Yep. And then somebody goes, oh, okay, well, at the end of your turn, I'm going to bounce it with Chain of Vapor. And then I go, great. Removal spell number one, out of the way. Let's put an activation on the stack and win the game right now. Yeah, and you can, like, win the game, win the game. Like, not, like, set up a situation where you almost win the game. You can actually No, I'm finishing it with damage and making sure no one is getting another turn and that's the only thing you need right five treasures magda in play and an artifact dwarf that's correct that's it and magda you can, win can be the artifact dwarf there's three different cards in the deck that can turn magda into an artifact yeah, or anything into an artifact or anything right? into like, an yeah, artifact yeah, yeah. you Liquid play metal coating what else uh the other one liquid metal twerk oh, and then right. there's another one that's one mana that you can sacrifice to put a plus one plus one counter on the creature and it becomes an artifact permanently <laughs> not until end of turn forever Ooh, permanently <laughs> yes <laughs> The only time that they printed an arena-only card in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. It kind of is. Um, what is the line offhand? Can you say? Because I know this yep. is the, I know this is kind of going to give away some of your secrets because this is how a lot this of magic is, players no, win. I'm, I'm, that no one knows how the deck works. 100%. But. Yeah. I, there's like 
30,000 people I'm never going to play this deck for anymore. <laughs> um, so basically what happens is once you get Clock of Omens in play in your Artifact Dwarf, which is your first set, would you sacrifice the five treasures to find right away? Clock of Omens in play. Boom. Clock of Omens is in play. You can activate your, with Magda in play, you can activate the clock to tap the clock and your Artifact Dwarf and have the ability target your Artifact Dwarf to untap it. Because it's tapped, Magda creates the treasure. So now you use the treasure you just created and your artifact dwarf to, to tap them with the clock and then untap that dwarf, continuously making a tapped treasure this whole time. Right, so you don't actually make mana this way. You just no. make a basically infinite tapped treasures. Which can allow you to get infinite searches off of Magda this way. Yeah. Which means that you have to go find something like Academy Manufacturer, which will now allow you to continue going through the loop. That's right, you have to keep doing the loop so that this time you make food and clues every time you make treasures, which you can use to untap the treasures you're making to give yourself infinite mana. Now you can go sacrifice for um, something like a elixir of immortality. Because now you have infinite mana, you can still make infinite clues and you can draw your deck with the infinite clues and then keep shuffling your graveyard back in your uh, back up with the elixir of immortality. And then what you use is a channel creature from the new Kamigawa set, which is called Shot Sniper. Thank you. <laughs> and that card will deal two damage to anything. So that goes in your graveyard. You can get it back into your deck with the elixir of immortality. Keep drawing your deck with the clues and treasures that you're making through the loop. Uh, you can't do it on magic online, but you can do it really well in person <laughs> by just saying <laughs> what is happening. Exactly. The coolest thing I like about this combo, you didn't cast any spells in any of the stuff. That's you true. No spells were being cast not even the clock of omens was cast right, at no that. point did i cast a spell counterable spells in magda things that you should be looking to counterspell are things that turn artifacts into dwarfs or artifact dwarves and magda itself those are the things you can target and Once magda can find artifact dwarves on her own so if, if you have 10 treasures that can also be a game winning situation if too. you have 15 treasures they can respond and activate again on top of interaction that you have the more treasures that they have they can just keep on waiting and waiting and waiting until the time is right and respond to everything yes that is crazy. Dude. I had a situation in Minneapolis where I was the arch enemy for I like this six turns. Yeah, I had uh, a portal to Phyrexia because I was getting uh, I was getting interacted with. There was an Avon Mind Sensor. Avon Mind Sensor and uh, Opposition Agent are two big snipes for this deck. So you play a ton of ways to deal with. Two with one power creatures in yeah. this deck. Um, but yeah, so one of them was on the stack, and in response, I had to go like get the portal to Phyrexia because I now couldn't win the game. And then I looked at the top four, and God Pharaoh statue was in there for my next activation, which was nuts. Um, and then over the course of the next bunch of turns, I was the arch enemy, and I still came out of that game on top. Yeah, wow. this this deck getting to play nutty stacks pieces like God Pharaoh statue, statue, and you play like Trinisphere and stuff like that too. I actually don't play no Trinisphere. No, no, that is a good one that I'm thinking of but um i might i might put it in now that you brought it up you I feel get, like it's a great include you no? get to play blood moon you get to play um tangle wire that's which a good one taps your dwarves for you and really makes good. more treasures yeah magda's got to be the best tangle wire deck for magda that is hands down the <laughs> right? best tangle wire deck. i think yeah. so right yeah. like it, it makes you mana while you're going through your yeah it's really it good fixes, it fixes it breaks parody on very tangle wire yeah really well. super well yeah what else what, what other what else can we even be said about magda i we said we said a lot about magda 
In fact, we even talked through the win line, which we didn't turn no other decks. So, this yeah. Is, this, like, oh yeah. So this this best mono color commander. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this podcast is really disguised as what's how good is Magda in CEDH yeah. is really okay, what this true. is. I mean, we could go over the Kirk one, but it's like long. Do you remember it offhand? It's a lot of steps. Yeah, I think so. You want? Should we go over them real quick? Yeah. Go. Go for it. Um. The the, the main thing is just uh. There's there's other lines, but the main line I think involves having um, necrotic ooze, which gets all all abilities of things in graveyards while you have Kirk. There's a bunch of ways to get there, but ultimately um, you use that and have Asmodeus in your graveyard to um, like pay. Um, you're paying six life to. I'm sorry, you're paying. I think it eight, eight total life to do a draw seven cards with Asmodeus, um, which gets you as many cards as you need, and then ultimately you win with uh, Demir House Guard by being able to sacrifice and recur um, Gray Merchant with Chainer. Yes. I think that's right, correct? That is effectively right. Not as step-by-step, step, but you said all the words that are necessary. Yeah, I probably said that in the wrong order, but like, you said, do you, like, do you remember this line? <laughs> On the like, spot, go! I was like, yeah, I remember this line. Now you have oh, to. no, I don't. Uh-oh. That's why we haven't been talking about yeah. all the lines yeah. and just the Magda line. <laughs> we are, so let's talk about, all right, so oh, Heliod. The Urza's one is easy, too, yeah. so is Heliod. Yeah, Those Heliod's good. Have Heliod in play, cast Walking Ballista for, have X equals two. Activate Heliod to give it lifelink. Shoot the table by putting counters on itself because it has lifelink, etc. Yeah. Um, what about the mono blue one? Urza? Is it polymorph into uh, Hullbreaker Horror? Yeah. Into cast That's Mana Crypt like and another free rock back Urza and forth? Line, though. Like those two other ones have like a cool specific line that Does you're going for. Is it still play Iceborne Scepter? Is that yeah. what it plays or not? <laughs> I That's true. It plays, we That's play it away. We're not playing it It's an fun. outlet. It's not part of the combo. Like yeah. it's an outlet. Is yeah, what but it that's is. still part of the combo. Urza's an outlet, but I think most Urza decks are still like the game. The main game plan is use the one construct it makes and then polymorph that construct to get Hullbreaker or Tidespout and then do the Hullbreaker Tidespout. Which honestly, I've been hearing. I mean, I don't pay close attention to Urza anymore, but I feel like I feel like I've been seeing more decks that aren't polymorphing anymore. I think and that's I've, also true. I've been seeing more of that stupid jellyfish. The jellyfish, yeah, it helps jellyfish. you win with Sensei's Divining Top. Yeah, these cards are only what the is it? Reality chip. Reality that's chip. What it is. Yeah. yeah, these combos we've talked about so far with Urza only draw the deck. How does Urza actually finish the game? No, they they play the deck, but. They just play out their whole deck. Remember, you shuffle a lot of times, and exile the top card. That's, that yeah, you that's the, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Well, what I What's used to do was like draw out all my opponents, but what a lot of the other decks do is that you just bounce all of your opponent's things and recast Urza a ton. There you go. So you make infinite constructs, go through everyone's turn where they just go land go, and then you beat them with constructs. Is right. normally the way that you can play with no dead cards. Are they still playing Narset? Do you know offhand in Time Twister? Because that was my favorite. It's like once you have all the infinites, Iconic Rift, all the things, do the loop to bounce their land yeah, also. Narset, no. Time Twister, give them nothing at all. I played Narset when I played the list, I think. Okay, great. Uh, what other... Did we talk about green yet? Uh, no, green hasn't come up. We're not done with red, though. Oh, uh, so. Wooberg at the end. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. We're, we, we still have... <laughs> I think it's so bad you didn't yeah. even mention it. There's some other... There's There are some other decks in red. Bergy is in red. Bergy's a good one. Bergy is a good one. I think it's... Certainly worse than Magda. I think so, yeah. too. This it's, is the one that combos with Grinning Ignis. Yeah, Grinning Ignis. But you need something else, too. I think this only creates, like, infinite storm and mana or something. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Grinning Ignis just does it. Let me go back and reread the Grinning Ignis. I thought you needed, like, some, like an outlet or something oh, else. Oh, no, you're right, because it, it costs one mana, one red mana to return it, and that's what Berkey makes. So you yeah. get infinite ETBs this way. Yeah, but you need some sort of grape shot, some storm payoff, something like Impact that. Impact Tremors or something. Impact Tremors, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, because that will sacrifice it, and then you have to, you don't have a way to get it back. Impact Tremors does not sacrifice it. 
whatever yeah, creature whatever enters does damage. I'm thinking of Goblin Bombardment. You're absolutely right. I'm thinking of Goblin Bombardment. Two men and oh, Shannon. I similar. love being right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Oh, stop. This time. But remember when I pronounced the will correctly? <laughs> <laughs> remember that last time? year and I'm still <laughs> holding on to it? <laughs> Fair. Okay. What else? What other mono red commanders are there? Uh, That's mostly it. I played Jessica Dargo, but I wouldn't really call that a real deck. Like, yeah. It's... It can be very explosive, but it is also tremendously fragile, and I don't think it's better than any of the other ones we mentioned. I think that's pretty much it with the mono red. What about green? Green. So green actually has a bunch of different options, too. I think Solvala is pretty close to the top, if not the top. Yep. Yisun's up there. Um, Yisun's also pretty good. Solvala yeah. go fast. Yisun go slow. Yeah. Yisun can go decently fast, too. It's another three-mana commander that has to tap to do its ability, but, like, in a couple of turn cycles, you can get pretty high up there into locks. Ashaya is also a mono-green deck. That's I like, like Ashaya, too. I feel like all these green decks are honestly the same deck. They're all, like, some version of the same deck. It's just which peach do you want in your command zone. There are, Obviously, there are differences, of course. You know, so, so Vala and Yisun specifically are kind of on, like, the ends of this, like, same deck, but I feel like they're all winning with some similar amount of green creature combo that i don't really understand well enough to talk about that's yeah. really what it is yeah <laughs> i like the ones that make infinite mana and play finale of devastation that's the those one, are the that's ones good. Yep. Yep. i like yeah. those ones. those are the ones <laughs> yeah. yeah or the ones that have like the one the one um umbra mantle and i can play Easy. like sovala or marwin and i can just untap it a bunch and yisan has too many too many combos i don't get or like yeva how about none of the combos are in the command zone and you just better know what the mono green is yeah i mean this is yeah. i mean the peak of what we're talking about uh, like where it's this the, the benefit that these monocolor decks is you don't know what the hell they do we don't know what the hell these green we decks don't, do right so when time. we play against mono green decks we just know get rid of the commander and they can't do anything right <laughs> and then you don't need to know what they do right 100 percent of the time i don't need to know what it does because i killed it and now they can't do anything so so while you're right i think like that having that attitude is is how monocolor players get away with it because oh you're like, absolutely oh, right i don't know what the deck does so i'll just remove the commander and then when the moment comes they're like fuck i need this removal spell for a deck i'm actually afraid of and they yeah. don't <laughs> yeah don't remove it and yeah. yeah yeah there are there are situations it's it's hard to know everything in the format it's hard to know all of these decks and when's the exact time um but i i, I like i like the uh, as long i think communicating with your table is important especially with these decks that you don't know hey does anyone else know how this magda deck wins is anyone else like pro talking to the table is like the best way to like figure out where everyone else is evaluating their power level at the very least. Maybe you can find out some information by doing this, which is always helpful. Um, but yeah, if you don't know, as I often don't, just like ask your table. Yeah, it's good for in-game knowledge and it's good for outside of the game knowledge. You, it can help make you know, like your deck building decisions different, maybe. Um, yeah. So otherwise, again, I'm think I'm thinking that Silvala is going to go on the list. I like Silvala. I think more than Yisan right and now. Do you think Yisan is powerful enough to still be? Because I don't want to like just say, well, we're only considering one from every color. Yeah. If we're going to create a list of the best ones, if there's a second green one, we should put on there. It's Yisan. It would be Yisan. Yeah. Do I you, so. it, is that an upper echelon one that can be? I think we're just putting it on the list so we can immediately, without any further discussion, say it's not Yisan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, yeah, yeah we need some Am stinkers yeah. in order to make the good ones look good. Yeah. Much like Draft Shaft is there to make some of the good commons look good too. Exactly. There is one mono black one that I I just want to um, re mention if we can go back because um, I've seen it I think twice now. Uh, most recently, in Minneapolis, one of our patrons, Chris, was playing it, um, which is the new Shieldred. Oh, um, I will oh, say yeah. it didn't do a ton in the two games I played with him. Um, so I'm not sure I've seen it like really do something impressive. But um, I do think the ability is enough that I'm not, you know, I don't not believe it's a, a viable deck. I don't think it's anywhere near the power level of Kirk. But 
Um, I can see it. I can see it being CD. It's like the, the Wheels deck that wants to play Wheels so bad and can't. Yeah. Well, what I a mean, shame. Yeah. Dark Deal. It has Dark Deal, right? Oh, that card's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has Memory Jar and Teferi's Puzzle Box. Sure, yeah. It's got a couple extra ones. Um, it's It definitely fits well into the Mono Black strategy. It's really good in that circle of Villas, Kurik, Shieldred. I think that's a great circle, a good core. Um, I think Kurik is probably the better ones that we talked about, but Shieldred's definitely worth exploring a little bit for sure. Does something a little different. Goes a little slow for mono black, which can be good. So now that we've named like a six mono black commander, I'm gonna revise what we said earlier and say I think black might be the deepest mono color. Maybe not blue. Maybe we didn't talk about all the blue ones. Leer is another mono color commander That's that right. is in these colors. We could talk about all the legendary blue creatures Every, that exist if we wanted. Right? Arkham Daxon is another one that we didn't talk about either. Sure, that one lost so much when it lost. It um, still sees play because that's another Portal to Phyrexia deck. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Good. Portal so to like, Phyrexia, good card. It's making up. It's it's like Jeweled Lotus and Thassa's Oracle. It's making a lot of these other decks viable that shouldn't yep, be. Just like those cards. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Nothing different about them. Yep, definitely don't clip this. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so I have a list of the best commanders in monocolor here, and we are gonna figure out which ones are the best okay so we have heliod ballista as our um as the singular white deck here great uh we have urza and teferi i also put teferi in here we got to pick one though right no because if, if if one of these are better than um the green I urza. only urza i only, only urza. pick one urza. i should take teferi off this list ask tyler what do you think? You might as well take Teferi off all the right. list. I went, I went 0 and 9 with that list. We'll take it off. That, the, that's all off. that matters. Okay, that sounds good. It's from our right, perspective. Well then, then I'm going to just You take... went 0 and 9 with this list? No, no, no. Teferi's the best. Urza's out. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. All right, then um, I'm also just going to take Yisan off then. I guess we'll just stick with... Um, I guess I'm also taking Godo off of this list too. I would say, we didn't really talk about why, but I would say Savala is more powerful than Yisan because it's more explosive. That's the reason. It can kind of like take over the yeah. game singularly. Yisan has to have things go right. You have to be a really good player, which doesn't deter it from being a powerful deck. Savala is still a complicated deck, but I think Savala just has a higher ceiling of brokenness than Yisan does, which is more important in CDH. And it's so much easier to see Yisan coming. Like, even though you will often get to a position where you're able to activate him twice in a turn cycle, um, there is still like, you know, a die on top of Yisan that is telling your opponents how fucked they are, that is ticking up and saying, hey, deal with me. So, like, it's it's a little harder to get away with it. Oftentimes, Yisan only gives them, like, one turn. Yisan can untap once and normally present something close to a win, I would say, especially if they have a decent hand. Um, um, I, I said Yisan, I meant Silvala. Silvala can untap and present a win really quickly one time. Yisan does not have that option. Yisan, I think, oh, almost always needs to untap twice or more. Uh, I yeah. feel like every time I play against Yisan, the, the, the player playing it says something like, I don't even have any four drops in this deck, or like, I don't have any, like, like there's something, I guess, that maybe gets skipped sometime, or I only have one in the deck because it was in my hand, so now that I don't have another option. Oh, the classic, don't target me, I don't even run creatures in this deck. Right, <laughs> yeah. nothing to do it for. Alright, so our top five decks that are going into the Super Bowl of Monocolor Commanders yeah. is Heliod Ballista, yep. Urza, yep. Crick, yep. Magda, yep. and Solvala. That sounds right. Yeah. Alright. Which one is the worst out of all of these? Everyone, on the count of three, say the deck that you're thinking. Okay. One, two, three. Heliod? Shit, yeah. Probably. Probably. I was going to say, it's, it's probably, I'm wrong. It's Savala, yeah. I don't know. Heliod's... It's close between the two. I, I will tell you I would rather play Savala than Heliod, even though I think Savala is I worse. think so, too, but I think that's a play style, play style, style yeah. reason, it too, is. which I think would make me pilot Savala a little bit better. But I think that having the combo piece is a little bit better than the mana 
Yeah. And Heliod needs less pieces to win where you do need a lot of things in Savala to go, right? That's true. I also think that uh, the indestructibility that Heliod has also come can come up quite a bit too, which I think is uh, a little bit more important as a lot of what we've talked about is, oh, these monocolor commanders, you know, get killed once and then you're fucked. Right. That does not happen in Heliod. I think I would actually rather play Heliod in a tournament than Silvala only because I have more experience with decks like Winota and Bloodpod, which Heliod is kind of close to. True. Um, I don't know green decks. I just, I don't know, cre- I don't know that side of green decks. I, I know the Abrupt Decay side of green decks. I know the mid-range side of green decks. I don't really know the little yeah. buddies green creature style of green decks. That's not my forte. But yeah, white, I know the, white stacks, I'm good. The crop rotation for the the cradle is yeah. what I know. For the <laughs> emergent zone, that's what I know. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then number four. All right. I, I guess we're all on Heliod then Heliod for the next. number four yeah. out of these then. Okay. Um, and then what's we were between Crick, Magda, and Urza here. To me, Urza's next. I don't uh, think I it's honestly think yeah. Urza. I, yeah. think, I think Magda and, uh, yeah, and Crick I, is the only really hard choice here. I do think Urza has kind of fallen from his grace where he used to be this like the next Thrasios. Right? I would certainly say that he was like tier 1.5 at least yeah, at one definitely. point. But I think there's a lot of commanders that have gotten more tools recently that have totally eclipsed Urza. And, um, you know, Urza can't. When you're at the point where, like, you need to grind, Urza's spinning ability is not where you want to be. Yeah. Why didn't you just say, like, fallen out of favor? You're, like, fallen from grace. It's so much, <laughs> so much more melodramatic. Because like. it is. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not just fallen out of favor. It was. I mean, it was a complete nosedive. Kirk and uh, Magda are just more explosive. The things they do are more powerful. They're more broken. Um, they just have more more that they can do individually on their own. Yeah, Honestly, so far, we, we've we been going, like, we've been removing things that can present the least number of wins. It is as both a matter of resilience and the number of available lines. And yeah, I think yeah. That's, that's what it comes down to. So then we would say that the number two deck then out of this list is... One, two, three, Kirk. Crick. Yeah. How do we say this card? Is it Kirk or is it Crick? I'm going to say Crick. Is it Crick? I think it's Crick. It's Crick. So I've been saying it wrong. I've been saying Kirk, and that's wrong. It's Crick. Wow. Is this what it feels like to be on this side of this? <laughs> what, is the, what is the apostrophe? Fucking get him, Cameron. What, what's the apostrophe doing then? Um, is it just nothing? Silent apostrophe? It's like, you know. It's like, I thought um, it went like a pause. Kirk. Well, I mean, a, a lot of times, especially in like fantasy stuff, when they're writing something um, that wouldn't be writable in English because it has too many consecutive consonants to to constitute a normal syllable, they're letting you that letting you know that like this is this is still uh, one like syllable. Like they're putting it sort of in place of a vowel. Okay, so it's just crick is what we should do. It call it. Well, crick is removing the syllable, right? So then we're I, wrong. I confuse myself. Do you now. want to add a syllable or take away a syllable? Do you want me to spin the Jeopardy wheel? <laughs> add a syllable. Have you seen Jeopardy? <laughs> yes, Mr. Jeopardy. I'll add a vowel. <laughs> Throw an extra oh vowel God. in there, Mr. Jeopardy. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> All the fucking TV you guys watch, and like I understand this one better than you do. Like, come on. Oh so my God. what should we? What do we call Is it? Is that a? I I guess Crick. 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 It's the second best commander. Uh, second best know. commander that we're talking about today, with the number one being Magda. Yeah. Crick offers man advantage, but so does Magda, and Magda also offers instant speed wins, instant speed win conditions, as well as silver bullet access yes so oh it, my it, God. it gives you yisan plus crick all in one shot exactly and it also gives you more resiliency than crick too i would say i will say that i think they're they're pretty pretty different style decks and like crick is just like one of the only decks that is very capable of like 
turn one, turn two wins um, pretty consistently. I shouldn't I shouldn't say consistently on turn one. It is very very consistently super consistent of, turn two of presenting a win turn two. And I don't think Magda is like I think it's it's possible, but it's not like at the same level. No, a lot of times what you're doing is you're going turn one Magda into a couple little bit more value on turn two. Maybe turn three you can win, but like that's because you have Dockside Extortionist. Right. Yeah. So I think my point is just you know if. if for, for players that are, like, looking at the two of these going, like, if I'm going to build a monocolor deck, which is it? Like, it, I think you really are making the choice based on play style because the, the power level of these two decks is very, very similar. I think all five of these decks in our monocolor Super Bowl here are very viable, and I think you could totally do well with them, some more than others. It's your play style. If you want to go as fast as possible, go Crick. If you want to go as grindy as possible, go... Grindy is a kind of a hard word. If you want to interact on a stack, go Urza. I'll say yeah. that. If you want to put out a lot of stacks pieces, go Heliod. If you want to be able to play big dumb idiots, play big dumb idiots, play Silvala. And, and if, if you want to do the right thing, if you, you want to win, if you want to win the most games, play Magda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which also won a tournament. We didn't talk about that, but oh, we yeah. also won a tournament. <laughs> Shit. Do you want to end the video now? Cool. Yeah. Um, we're going to end the video now. Or the, the audio podcast, if you're listening. Thanks so much for watching. If you like to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon, like our $100 patrons. Young Mox, AJ Alwosabi, Baby Jeebus, Kawaja A. Hamid, and Demon of Rosgrease. If you want to buy any merch from us, go to playtowinmtg.com to pick up all of our items, including our Gatorwin logo for Pride Month. You can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram for more content. Thank you so much, Dragon Shield, for supporting the show. Make sure you check out the affiliate link down below to show your love to the best sleeve makers in all the lands. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next time. You mean card sleeves or shirt sleeves? Uh, both. Both. Yeah, they only make the sleeves of shirts, though. $50 patrons, uh, we got Sashes, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Mansolo, Nikola Marikovic, Steven Schlichty, Big TP15, is my turn now, that green guy, Isaiah Brulisky, Pedro, C, Jacob Depp, Michael Blue, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, Lauren Connell, David Nelson, and Jormags. If you want to buy any merch, including our relatively... Why can I not say this? It's what am I trying to say? To say? In, including our Gatewin Gatewin logo. Yeah, Gatewin logo. Which, okay. Yeah. Our yeah. Pride Month Gatewin logo. Sure. There you go. Boom. If you want to get pick up any merch, and, oh my god, fuck. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. That was if great. You, <laughs> okay. That was great. You go ahead. It up again. All right, go ahead. Start if, now. If you want I to, I can't believe you haven't started yet. <laughs> I'm so upset. Looks like I'm picking your nose. Oh, that's pretty great.